This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. As an ambitious entrepreneur and small business owner, I'm sure you've been told that one of the best ways to build visibility and credibility in your field is to start a business blog. And if starting a business blog that generates traffic, generates leads and sales is something that you've been struggling to achieve, then you're in for an absolute treat on today's show. I'm joined by Marcus Sheridan, who has been leveraging incredible innovations through inbound and content marketing, both in his sales marketing and personal development blog, The Sales Line, and for his swimming pool installation company, which is now one of the largest pool installers in the US and the most visited swimming pool website in the world. Pretty impressive. And considering that he went through the collapse of the housing market in 2008, and this threatened the survival of his swimming pool business. So go ahead and grab a pen and paper, because you'll want to take down lots of notes about how Marcus was able to achieve this incredible success, and so can you, by following Marcus's key strategies, which include key strategies to build a business blog that generates traffic, leads, and sales, what you need to do to become the voice and trusted authority of your industry, some of the common mistakes people make when it comes to their blog that is negatively impacting their reputation and you want to make sure that you don't do these things and much more. So let's welcome Marcus to the show. So welcome to the call, Marcus. Thank you and I'm certainly thrilled to have been invited, Anne-Marie, to have this opportunity to speak to your audience, which is great. And so I'm ready to rock tonight. Wonderful. And I know you've got such expertise to share with us because you've been blogging for a while. Do you want to just give our listeners an overview of how long you've been blogging for and what an impact it's made for your business? You know, for me, blogging really wasn't so much of a choice because I've owned a swimming pool company in Virginia since 2001 and things were going pretty well until we ran into... Well, the, you know, the housing market crashed here in the States in 2008, and the way people buy swimming pools, generally speaking, is they borrow against the equity in their home. And so literally overnight, our business went from doing really well to doing very poorly, and leads and sales just dried up, and we were in big trouble. And so that was the end of 2008. By the beginning of 2009, I went through a few weeks where we were overdrawn on our bank accounts. My employees were sitting home. It was a very stressful time in my life. And I needed to generate more leads to my website, to my company, and more sales. And I didn't have any money to do the typical advertising I had done my entire time in business. And so that was when I discovered, started reading about 
social media, but mainly inbound marketing from uh, this company called HubSpot. And they're really prolific teachers about what they call inbound marketing, and some might call it content marketing. And blogging is generally a subset of that. But, you know, the way I saw it was if I will teach well online, in other words, if I will turn my website into the go-to place where people that are shopping for in-ground swimming pools will get all the answers that they're looking for. And if I do it in a way that is that is sincere and honest, and if I don't hold anything back, then I'll probably get rewarded for it. And so that's exactly what we did. We brainstormed every single question that we had received over the years, and we turned each one of those questions essentially into the title of a blog post. So it wasn't scientific. We didn't use any tools at all. And we answered them one by one by one. And what happened was, to make a long story short, this site became the most trafficked swimming pool website in the world. And by the way, it does very well in Australia. (laughs) And so it completely changed our business. It saved our business. And our advertising dollars went from about $250,000 a year to about $20,000 a year. Wow. But yet we grew our market share and our sales when the economy was, was tanking. And and so that's the story from the swimming pool side. And then, of course, there's the sales line where I, where I taught those strategies and that story, a marketing blog that I started. And now that's what I do today is I teach companies how to replicate uh, what I was able to achieve with my swimming pool company. And really what we're talking about is principles. This is not industry specific. This is not B2B or B2C. This is really about becoming great teachers and communicators in the digital way and if we do that we'll get blessed for it. Mm. I love the way you shared that story and I have to let you know that how I found you was on Social Media Examiner website. You'd wrote, written an article and I just love that article and we shared your story with a group of entrepreneurs and business owners who were going through Chisholm Institution who is an educational institution here in Australia and I used your you as an example because blogging to them, you know, for a pool company or for any other company other than, say, a service-based business who was working in an office environment, they couldn't put two and two together. And it was such a great case study to use. I said, here's this guy who wrote these amazing articles for his pool company and look at all of the leads that he generated. And it was such a great example uh, to share. So some of the people that I speak to, when I talk to them and we mention blog posts and, and writing of articles, I get a look of fear on their face. I don't know if that's sort of the result that you get when you talk to people. It's like, I don't know how to write. Where do I start? Do you find looking back, you know, to 2008, when you first started, was writing familiar to you? Because I love your writing. I mentioned that before we started recording, where you are now on the saleslion.com. Your articles are so personable. It's if you are really speaking to me. Did you have that skill or did you learn that skill? I think the fact that I was so ignorant of so many things back then that it became my my great value prop, if you will, my great business advantage. And the fact that I hadn't gone to any marketing schools. And I had originally gone to college to become a, a PE teacher because I enjoyed coaching and I enjoyed teaching. And so since I was younger, I remember having this ability for whatever reason to explain things, whether it was swinging a baseball bat or whether it was describing just some other process, I had the ability to do it in a way that people understood. And it just seemed to be, for whatever reason, it it came easier for me. The writing, on the other hand, I would say the writing didn't come easy for me, but at the same time, I always knew that I wasn't going to fake it for anybody, and I was just going to be myself. 
And so it made sense to me to write like I talked because I said to myself, well, if I'm going to go into somebody's home and try to ask them for money, which is what we do when we sell things, right? I mean, Mm. let's call it a spade a spade, right? If I'm going to ask them for money, then they should know and, and get a feel for the person when they're reading his words or when they're watching his videos. And so from day one, I've tried to do that. And so although arguably I might be a better writer today, I've always maintained some of that voice of personal and not try to sound intelligent because I think one of the number one mistakes businesses make when they're trying to produce content on their website or somewhere else is they try to sound smart. And all they do is they alienate themselves. And I don't care if they're lawyers, rocket scientists, or janitors. It's the same principle. The principle, and that's the word that I always just find myself going back to, The principle here is great communication. The goal is that we're like the kindergarten teacher where Johnny is raising his hand and we answer it in a way that Johnny understands it, not in a way like, say, the college professor, where we're interested in sounding really, really intelligent. Mm -hmm. We just want Johnny to shake his head and say, oh, I got it. I understand what you're saying now. And if we could do that, we're going to be really, really successful. It's the same thing with podcasting same thing with video it's the same thing with reading i mean writing and i tell everybody that i you know who asks me this you know i don't know what to blog about or i don't know how to blog first of all you want to pretend you're sitting with a friend at the coffee shop and they just ask you a question about what it is that you do and your friend's ignorant of what you do so you got to explain in a way that they understand it and that's the style that's the feel that you want to do it as for getting started you literally just want to take the questions you've been getting every day in email, in phone conversations, and face-to-face conversations, and just turn those into the titles of your blog post and then answer the daggone things. Yeah. That's the only, and, and we just make this, Amory. I'm just blown away by how, I don't know why, we have made communication online so much more scientific and difficult than what it is in life. I know. And it should not be any different <laughs> at all. I think hundreds and thousands of people who will be listening to this uh, audio sh- later on will have just sighed a sigh of relief because hearing you say that you don't need to sound smart, you don't need to use big words, you don't need to do all of those things, just be yourself, show up authentically as you, authentically, that's a word that I tend to use, and, and I mean it's just being yourself and speak in a way, write in a way that is very easy to understand as if, and a lot love the example that you give, as if you were a kindergarten teacher trying to explain it to a child. Because people will resonate far better with that than all these big words and terminologies and jargon, which they probably have no idea. Because you, every ambitious entrepreneur listening to this podcast, they're an expert in their field. Your ideal client or the person that's coming across your blog has no idea what you know. And as you said, you don't want to sound, try and sound smart. You'll put them off. Okay. So let me give you an example of that. So far, what we have talked about, if somebody that was really technical was listening to my blogging strategy, they would say that this guy really specializes in search engine optimization, SEO, Mm -hmm. because he understands how to go after keyword phrases, and he's really, really good at it, especially I spend a ton of time doing this whole, you know, they ask, you answer thing, but really, all I'm doing is giving everyone a lesson 
on SEO, search engine optimization, and long tail keywords, which is those longer phrases that people type in search. Mm -hmm. But I don't use those phrases. You never hear me really say SEO. I will give a lecture on SEO for an hour, Amory, and I won't say the word SEO. Why? Because it's not relevant to the conversation. I don't like to use acronyms mm -hmm. because nobody knows what the crap I'm talking about. So in all these industries, we see all these crazy acronyms. And people use them like everybody in the world understands what they're talking about. Well, one of the first things we have to do in business is get rid of acronym speak, get rid of the vernacular that's within each one of us that's that curse of knowledge of knowing too much or having it so embedded in who we are, thinking that people understand what the heck we're talking about. Let me give you a really simple example of that. In the swimming pool industry, you've got lots of – and you have this – by the way, fiberglass pools, which is what I specialize in, are prolific in Australia, and they are the number one swimming pool in Australia. Are they really? <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, 60% yeah, of the market there in Australia is fiberglass pools. Here in the United States, it's 9%, which kind of stinks. But wow. getting back to the point, with swimming pool companies, usually they have service vans, these companies. They go around, they service pools. And I'm telling you, on every other service van you see, they will put a sign on it that says something like proud member APSP, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you don't know what the heck that means, but all these pool guys do it because to them, it's they're saying, I'm a proud member of the Association of Pool Spa Professionals. You don't care. <laughs> all you want is for that dude to fix your stinking pool, to make it pretty, to make it clean, to fix your pump. You don't give a rip. No. about acronyms when you have a problem. And if we're using acronyms and other big bulky phrases in our copy and our content, we're probably not in touch with the average Joe and Janes of the world. Mm. And you mentioned something, keywords, keyword phrases and long tail key phrases. If we're thinking about swimming pools, can you give a couple of examples just so that people can hear you say what, because obviously the technology, the technical jargon, the acronyms, that is a no-no, but what would be a really good keyword phrase or a long tail key phrase if you were writing an article yeah. for in the pool company industry? Yeah, that's important. Well, it's really quick. Let me explain how search has changed. All of us have changed the way that we search over, over the last few years. Number one, we're a lot more impatient than we used to be. So, for example, we will hang out on a website very little time if we feel like we can't find the answer immediately. At the same time, if we feel like we found the information jackpot, we'll stay a long time. We're very loyal. So we're very impatient and we're very loyal. We've all gone to this school of search, almost like a college that's taught us how to use Google and the other search engines, but nobody took a single class. We've all figured this out on our own. One thing we figured out is if we're more specific in the way that we type stuff in, if we type in longer, say, questions, we're going to get better results from the search engines like Google. And so a long tail phrase is a question or a longer phrase that you would type in if you were looking for a specific answer. So a short tail phrase would be pools. A medium tail phrase would be fiberglass pools. A long tail phrase would be how much does a fiberglass pool cost? And if you really want to dominate online, and if you want to be a digital David, as I say, that slays Goliath, those big monster companies, all you have to do is answer as many of those long tail phrase questions and statements as you possibly can. Let me give you another example. People used to always say to me, okay, Marcus, so what's the difference between a concrete and fiberglass pool? And so 
I've got lots of articles that are versus related articles. So I've got one that says concrete pools versus fiberglass pools, which is better. That's a long tail phrase. So generally speaking, three words or longer is a long tail phrase. And if you really want to do great in terms of search engine optimization, in other words, if you want to rank for more keywords and get more traffic organically for free, then you need to go after those long tail phrases. If you're an insurance person, don't go after health insurance. You'll never be on the first page of Google for it in your life. Mm. But if you want to talk about what are the average premium costs for health insurance in, Aus- in Melbourne, Australia? Well, now all of a sudden we're talking turkey here. This is the type of stuff that people are typing in because they've learned to be more specific, i.e. long tail phrases. Mm-hmm. And long tail phrases, I know that many people who are listening, this is the first time they've probably heard, particularly here in Australia. I mean, they're only just starting to, we're a little bit behind here in Australia, way behind the US. Social media is only just starting to be talked about as, hey, we really should take notice of this and implement this as in our business. So how can people find out what type of long tail key phrases their ideal clients are typing in. I know that you've mentioned frequently asked questions, so that's a great way. Go back and find out what are your clients asking you about. That's a great, great technique. Are there any other strategies you've used yourself or you can recommend to find out this information? Yeah, I mean, I would recommend a couple here, and I'll go back to that first one that I've already mentioned. Usually what I'll do with a company, let's say a company calls me up and says, hey, Marcus, we want you to help us with our blog, our content marketing, we want to crush it online. We'll get everybody together that are the key people that answer questions every day. It doesn't matter what department of the company they're in, but we'll literally, if we can, we'll get everybody in the same room, and we'll just say Incomplete sentences, what are the questions that you all get every day? And don't give me pronouns. In other words, don't say how much does it cost. Say how much does a fiberglass pool cost, right? There's the difference. And so as we write those questions down, it's prolific how many we can come up with. In fact, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, Amory, I've never in any company, big or small, singular person or multiple people, I've never come up with less than 100 questions in 30 minutes doing a brainstorm activity. Now, if you look at it like that, if you've got 100 questions and you write two blog posts a week, and those blog posts are the titles of the questions, or the questions are the titles, excuse me, well, then you have six months worth of content already laid out and ready to rock and roll. Oftentimes, what hinders people from starting a blog is knowing what they're going to write about, when they're going to write about it, and who they're going to write about it. So if you do that brainstorm activity, you write down all the questions, and then you put a date and a name next to that, you've got a legitimate blogging, content marketing, editorial calendar that'll take you six months. Mm -hmm. And that's a magical, magical thing. That's number one. Number two, there are other tools out there that you can use. Some people use regular Google Analytics. One tool that I really like, and you can find this on the sales line, if you go up to, I've got a little link on top that says uh, blogging services and tools. There's a particular tool called Long Tail Pro. And what that is, it's very inexpensive. It costs less than $100, but it's a piece of software that spits out if you enter a bunch of phrases. So in other words, if you're a marketer and you typed in inbound marketing, content marketing, social media marketing, okay, and you enter those three phrases in, it's going to tell you tons of longer tail phrases that are applicable to those three or four different ones you typed in. So if you just go to the sales line, go up to the top nav bar, 
more. You can read all about Longtail Pro, and I even have I've done a video on Longtail Pro because I believe in this. I wanted for a long time to develop a piece of a technology that came up with these questions for those people that were like brainstorm challenged and couldn't do the <laughs> And so I was researching this, and I stumbled upon Longtail Pro. This guy named Spencer Halls, he developed it, and it's sweet action. It's really really good. So it's a good supplement to the brainstorm activity. Great. Fabulous. And as you're talking about that, I think I read about that on one of your blog posts that you wrote about. So I'll, I'll definitely have to go back and, and check that out. So we've talked about sort of, and all of those blog posts, obviously, that are there, that's generating the traffic back to your website because your ideal client is going to be searching for that online. So you're generating all these people to your website who are sort of the leads. But then when we're talking about sales, because I think this is where a lot of ambitious entrepreneurs tend to stumble as well, where their blog post becomes too salesy. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? How can you or how can people then create a blog post that really continues to get that lead to connect with them? What sort of strategies do you have to say around that? Okay, my first answer to that is it's called a blog, not a brag. Yes. If somebody just remembers that, that little phrase, they're going to be a lot more successful. Second, People ain't stupid. Readers ain't stupid. If you just answered a question for them, they're automatically going to say, huh, this guy's pretty cool. This company knows what they're talking about. Ah, You don't have to sit there and brag for an hour how you're so awesome. Nobody cares how awesome you are until you've taught them something that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You've got to answer their questions first. And then naturally, organically, you become the expert voice. Can you put some type of call to action at the end of the post that says something like, if you're interested in more, or if you want to read more, click here, or more related articles are here, or download an ebook that goes more into depth with this here. But that is the key to all of this. It is a step-by-step process. But if you go about and you really teach these things and you you know, and you can do it in a way that's very, very subtle. It's called subtle selling, and you can be very subtle to make sure people know what you do. So, like, for example, we've been having this conversation, Anne-Marie, and I haven't sat there and been talking about how awesome I am. But I've mentioned that I have clients. I've mentioned that I've done certain things in this industry. Everybody that's listening to your podcast right now already knows that this guy is a content marketing consultant, and he helps businesses big and small. I'm not telling you that right now as a pitch to your audience. I want you to see how this works in every component of communication because the way I'm communicating to you is no different than the way, and you already know this from reading my stuff, the way that I do in my podcast or the way I do in my blog articles. If you just are generally talking, you say, you know, I work with clients all the time. They ask me this question, and I was thinking about the answer, and so I decided to write a blog article about it today. So they already know, okay, you have clients in this field. Good. Now just teach them. Mm -hmm. You don't need to say anything more about yourself. But if you just do that, they're going to get a really good feel for, wow, this person really knows what they're talking about. And I now trust that person because they don't sound like a sales hack. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the way that you were talking about the subtle selling where you're putting information, maybe a success story about a a client and through that sharing, you can support some other people who perhaps have had, you know, similar problems. But at the same time, you are elevating your expertise so that they get to know, like and trust you. And as you said, that's so important when you're reaching out to prospects. Can I ask you a question? What is your typical week? Because I know you're a prolific writer and uh, great articles. What would you recommend then? Because you've mentioned to people that if they write two blog posts a week, is that the strategy you use yourself is two articles per week? 
Well, you know, it's different in every industry. And anytime anybody, especially a social media expert or blogging expert, throws a blanket rule, I tend to just kind of cringe a little bit because it does change from industry to industry. Mm -hmm. But principles generally are the same. And so the principle is you need to write as much as you can. Well, that's really the answer. You need to write as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes, like for the sales line, I write longer stuff. You know, most of my posts are 1,000, 1,200 words, and that's long for blog posts. Most business blogs, three to 700 words is pretty sufficient. But um, that just fits me well for the sales line and the model that is mine. That's my model. Yeah. With Riverpools, Riverpools was three to four times a week for the first year. It didn't take me very long because, you you know, I would just come up with a question. Somebody would ask me in a sales appointment a question. I would think, have I blogged about that yet? And I'm like, oh, no, I haven't. I better get home and write about that. And so at 1130 at night, I just whip out a Word document. It would take about 30 minutes. Then I'd spend about 15 to 20 minutes uploading it to the blog. And then, bang, I was done. An hour total investment three to four times a week. And the reason why it didn't take me that long to produce the articles, people say, man, you're a fast writer. I'm like, no, I'm just like, if you ask me a question right now, I don't have to think about these answers. It's what I've been doing. I've been writing about social media and content marketing for three years now. I don't mm-hmm. have to think about the answers. They just kind of jump out. If you've been selling insurance, if you've been putting on roofs, if you've been a gardener, I don't care what it is that you've been doing. Somebody asks you a question, you don't have to think hard about it because it's already at the tip of your tongue. Yes. And so you've, you've got to learn to translate that to the tip of your fingers. Take it from the tip of your tongue to the tip of your fingers. Principle is the same. Answer it just like you normally would. If you need somebody to edit it for you because you stink at spelling or you're gra- grammatically you might not be the best, go ahead and get that done. But you've got to get it done that way. I would say the minimum for most regular businesses is two times a week is the ideal minimum for most normal businesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I like that the fact that you were saying anywhere between 300 to 700 words is an okay level because I think if some people were thinking 1,000 to 1,200 words, which is what you're doing for the sales line, then that can sometimes feel a little bit daunting. But as you said, I mean, people are asking questions all the time, ringing up, sending emails through. So it's just a matter of how would you respond to them if you were speaking face-to-face, put it down in an article and upload that. And then I guess too that if people are coming and asking regular questions. Did you find that you were directing people to your website if they wanted more information? Is that how you were also leveraging it or you were just the people who were searching online and then once they rang, you would deal with them? Yeah. This is a huge question, Amory. I'm so glad you asked because there's two components to content on your website. The first component is getting into the funnel, right? Getting them to your site to become familiar with you through, say, organic search or social media, something like that. The second component, and this is the one that most people miss, Most people know, okay, I can garner visitors to my site from producing web content. But most don't use that content well after the fact. A blog article should be the gift that keeps on giving. Even if it doesn't show up in search engine results, even if it's not ranking for the particular keyword phrase that you were hoping it would rank for, it should always have value. And I'll tell you how that works. So, for example... At the beginning of 2011, I was looking at my web analytics for my swimming pool company, and I looked at everybody that had filled out a form but not bought a pool. And then I looked at everybody that filled out a form and bought a pool, and I was comparing their different stats, analytics, all these things, and one number jumped out at me just dramatically, and the number was 30 or 30 page views. In other words, if I could get somebody to read 30 pages of the website, 
before I went on a sales appointment to their home, or one of my sales guys did, we would close that sale 80% of the time. The industry average is 10%. And if I didn't get them to read 30 pages, the closing rates just plummeted. They just were non-existent. And so I realized, oh my gosh, all I've got to do is get people to read 30 pages of my stuff, and something happens during that process where they fall in love with us. In fact, usually if somebody hits 30, what would happen is they would explode and start reading much more. Do you realize, you know, I ask people, how many pages of your website do you think a potential client or customer would read? And everybody says, ah, four, five, maybe. Mm -hmm. Do you realize, this is not an exaggeration, Amory, this year for my swimming pool company, the average customer has read 105 pages of the site. Wow. Chew on that. 105 (sighs) pages. Now, three and a half years ago, when I started this process in early 2009, when my website was 20 pages long, do you think that for a moment I would ever have imagined that anybody would read more than five, ten pages of a website? No, of course not. But we are in the information age, Mm. the age of information consumption on the sales line. I took all the blog articles that were about inbound and content marketing, and I combined them to form one of the longest, it is the longest, ebooks in the world today that's for free on my site. Now, a lot of people freaked out when I gave that away for free. They're like, dude, how could you give this away for free? It's like 250 pages. It is awesome. The reason is, if somebody contacts me, Emory, and says, I have this question, first thing I do is say, have you read the ebook? Because the answer is in there. And if you have any questions, you can now let me know and I'll help you further. So it helps me in terms of time and filtering leads. But the second thing is this. If somebody contacts me and says, Marcus, you know, our company would be interested potentially in talking to you about doing some consulting for us. I literally, before we will move to the next phase, I say, you have to read my ebook first. Mm-hmm. And if they don't read the ebook, if they don't read the ebook, what do I know? I know they ain't going to do this very well. Yeah. I know that they only either care about price or they're not going to be willing to do what it takes to be very, very successful. But if somebody is thinking about doing business with Marcus Sheridan and they read 250 pages of his words, his personal stories, experience, his doctrine, do you think they're going to go out and get a bunch of quotes for their marketing guy? Heck no. <laughs> They're just saying, okay, okay, let's do something, man. That's how. And I see, I am literally right now giving away my secret sauce to everybody. And I tell people straight out. They say, okay, I have to read this ebook. I said, yes, of course you have to read this ebook first because number one, I want you to make sure that I'm a good fit for you. And number two, I want to make sure you're a good fit for me. Hmm. And if both do this, we're going to have a much better relationship in the dance. As I always like to say, it's going to be a much better one. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I couldn't believe A hundred and five pages on average. It's freaky. <laughs> it's freaky. It's, no, but it's people, sometimes I have to show the analytics for people to believe it. You know, I have people that have read three, four, five, and six hundred pages of our swimming pool website. Yeah, that's incredible. And just one, because you've obviously worked with a lot of clients, do you find then that, say the investment level, because the investment in a pool is obviously there's 
quite some investment level. So, but if there is a product that is less than that, does the number of pages and the interaction and obviously the information, the content consumption, does that decrease or is it still up there with a lot, lots and Here's lots of pages? What I call this, I call it content marketing tipping points because there is a tipping point of page views for every product or service in every industry. As I've taught this principle around the country, what will happen is some smart person in the audience will go back and look at their analytics that has good analytics, Mm -hmm. and they'll call me or email me and say, holy crud, dude, you are right. We have a tipping point where if we just have them hit this number for page views, magic happens. I'm like, yes, of course. This is not specific to stinking swimming pools. This doesn't have anything to do with what it is. Now, what will change is, yes, the number of page views. So, in fact, let's say you sell two different products. One product might be $100, one might be $10,000. The tipping point is certainly probably a greater number for the $10,000 product. But if you can identify what that number is, and then you build a marketing campaign, a lead nurturing campaign, an email marketing campaign, around that number, great things are going to happen. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I couldn't imagine if you had said to me 105 pages, I certainly would not have guessed around that that amount. But look, I've just looked at the time and look, I really do thank you so much for sharing your expertise. And I want to give you an opportunity just to share your contact details with listeners because I know, number one, they'll want to go and grab the ebook that you're talking about. I'm sure you, there's lots of golden nuggets in there. But also, what's the best way that people can get in contact with you if they like to know more information? It's been a pleasure, Amory. I really, I love talking to people that are passionate about this like me. You're clearly passionate. I know your audience is. If you want to read my stuff, it is found at thesaleslion.com. My podcast is called Mad Marketing with the Sales Lion. So if you look at Mad Marketing, you'll see that. On Twitter, I am, same theme, at the sales lion and so if you go to those things especially with that ebook that i mentioned earlier it's free it's stinking awesome it changes lives it helps businesses i'm talking it's been downloaded now just over ten thousand times all over the world and i just love seeing the results because if somebody applies the principles that we've talked about here on this podcast and what's found in the ebook really amazing things will happen Yeah, fantastic. Look, once again, thank you so much, Marcus. And of course, those of you who are listening from the website itself, all of those links will be listed in the show blurb and you can click straight through any of uh, Marcus's contact details. Once again, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Marcus. Appreciate it. Thank you. All y'all take care of yourselves. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Anne-Marie with today's inspirational tip. Abundance or lack? What are you focusing on in your business? Just be mindful that whatever you put your attention, focus and energy on is what you'll continue to attract. Now, when I heard this quote, and I can't remember who it was that I heard this from, but when I first heard it, it really rang true for me. And it was about that time in my business where I made the decision that every single day I would take note, even if it was just something that I thought of, consciously thought about, but make note of the things that happened during that day that I was thankful for. And I always encourage all of my clients to celebrate every single success each week, even if it was really small. 
because every time that we continue to do that, we're putting our attention, our energy and our focus on things that are really working well because we want to continue to experience those things, don't we? Whereas on the flip side, what often can happen is we get stuck on the issues, we get stuck on the problems that we're faced with. And yes, every day we need to obviously put the strategies in place to help us overcome that, but you don't want to continue to do that at the detriment of not celebrating your successes and not recognizing that where you are putting your full attention, your full energy and focus on needs to be of that of abundance, of celebration, of recognizing your commitments and your celebrations. So that continues to drive you forward rather than always looking backwards at what didn't happen or what you didn't achieve and you know what you're continuing to struggle with. So abundance or lack. What do you want to have in your business? And remember to take the positive action steps to really continue to focus on that which you want to attract in your business. So I hope this was helpful for you. Until next time, have an amazing week. This is Anne-Marie. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing sponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's sponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.